This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Happy Friday. Merry Christmas Eve Eve. If you are in Des Moines, you are cold. I can guarantee you that. Hold on. I'm tweeting right now that we are live. Uh, I'll do that later. All right. <laughs> the wind chill around here is what? Negative 35, Kira? Is that what we got? Is that about right? Negative 35? Great. Fantastic. It's going to be this way for another day or two. I don't know. I think the high I saw on Christmas in Des Moines was 16. So that's cool. Which is like 26 degrees warmer than it is right now. Um, We're going to talk. I mean, listen, if you are tuning in and you want to hear baseball talk, this is not the show for you. If you are tuning in, you're like, I can't wait to hear about the NBA or college basketball. Not the show for you. I got a ton of football to get to because I am salivating at the weekend from a three-day perspective, from a Packers fan perspective, from a playoff perspective. I cannot wait to uh, to sit down and watch all these games. Of course, Christmas Day, we've got three, and I'm going to get into all of these games because there's only one game that really has zero playoff implications. I'm going to get to that coming up in a bit. Also, if you have not heard the story, of Chiefsaholic, the super fan for the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, oh man. I, you, it's, it's a true crime podcast. It's a Netflix special, and it's a real thing. I'm going to get to that. Plus, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Do not mess with the WWE Hall of Famer. But first, I, uh, I'm going to be a hypocrite. So, Kira, prepare for that. One of the things I think that... Uh, National radio does far too much, including the guys on this station here on ESPN Des Moines. We carry all the ESPN programming. They talk too much New York sports. Because, frankly, in Des Moines or wherever you may live, especially in the Midwest or even on the West Coast, we don't care about New York sports. Maybe you know a Jets fan. Maybe you know a Giants fan. Maybe you grew up a Yankee fan because they were super popular. Frankly, I think they talk too much New York sports, but they're based in New York. A lot of the guys they hire are from New York. But I'm going to start here talking about New York. All right? So I'm going to be a hypocrite. I'm going to do exactly what I do not like. Because what we watched last night, I'm not sure if you find joy in the struggles of Jets quarterback Zach Wilson, if you find sadness in the struggles of Jets quarterback Zach Wilson, if you just watch him and say he's got what's coming to him. Because last night was a low point for Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. Like, even lower than when he got benched for taking no responsibility in his team's offensive ineptitude and the loss to the Patriots a couple of weeks ago when he was asked repeatedly, you know, do you take responsibility? He said no. When clearly it was on the quarterback. So last night, though, he was 9 of 18 for 92 yards and one interception. His quarterback rating was 5.2. That is not good. They're done for the playoffs are pretty much out of the question now for the Jets. And there was a lot of hype for the Jets. Don't get Look, there were a lot of people who were thinking maybe, you know, whether it's Flacco or Mike White or maybe this is Zach Wilson in his second year, his opportunity to finally elevate a football team and get to the playoffs because he was the number 2 pick in the draft. All that's out the window now because well Mike White broke his ribs. So they had to play Zach Wilson. 
And Zach Wilson is one of those guys that he just looks overmatched. He, he really does. And this is, I don't know if you take that as an insult. He just looks overmatched against NFL competition. Whether the game moves too fast, he can't rise up to the, like some guys have that it factor. The cool thing to say these days is some guys are that dude. I don't know why people are saying that now. We're saying that dude or that guy or he is him. People are saying that a lot now. Oh, he's him. God, I want that off my social media feed. I hate it. A king? Yeah. King, that was very popular for a minute. Yeah, I mean, what? but Zach Wilson just doesn't look like he has it when he's out there. And I don't know what it is or where it came from. But last night had to be a low point. And I'm going to run through a couple of cu- sound bites here for you, a couple of cuts. And I want you to listen. This is Rich Simony who uh, covers the Jets for ESPN Radio, talking about a low point now for Wilson. This is about as low as it gets for Zach Wilson. You know, not only did he perform poorly and get outplayed by Trevor Lawrence, but he really got outplayed by Chris Trebler, who until a few hours before the game was on the practice squad. Now, Robert Sala explained after the game that he wasn't really benching Wilson. The idea initially was to put in Strebler to try to get their running game sparked with some zone read stuff, which Strebler does pretty well. He did it in the preseason. But once they got him in there, he obviously provided some energy for the offense, which was lacking all night. And so they let it roll. But the fact that he let it roll with Strebler pretty much the entire what last 18 minutes of the game shows you a lot about where Zach Wilson has fallen right now. Chris Streveler. I'm going to bet you have never heard of Chris Streveler because up until last night, I had never heard of Chris Streveler either. And that is not a knock on your football knowledge. Maybe you have. Maybe there's one dude driving around. He's in Altoona and he's like, wicked. I know Chris Streveler. Oh yeah. Way ahead of you. That's fine. 99% of us had never heard of Chris Streveler, who was a practice squad quarterback for the Jets until last night in the second half. And you know what? Maybe you didn't even watch last night's game. Not surprising, because Jets-Jaguars is not a sexy matchup. Jets-Jaguars sounds like the most Thursday night football matchup ever. All right? Two franchises who, for the better part of a couple of decades, have been a joke. Now, we'll get to the Jags coming up in a bit, but focusing on the Jets and and Zach Wilson. I, I, I don't know where you go from here if you're in New York. You know, your, your future is not Chris Streveler. I don't know if your future is Mike White. And when that guy comes in, when he's healthy, all he ever does is throw for three, 400 yards in football games. Obviously, your future is not Joe Flacco. And the Jets, do you give up on the second overall pick just two years in? Is that what New York is going to have to figure out? Or is that the end game for the New York Jets? ESPN's Rob Ninkovich said this is rock bottom. I think that game last night puts him somewhere else. There's a point where you start to lose respect with your teammates, with the coaching staff, with the organization, based on many factors. And at the end of the day, you know, football is a very, uh, it's a weird climate in the locker room. Everything that you do is about respect. And and how do you earn the respect? You just got to perform. Like, you just have to go and be good and People start to follow. People start to respect. And and I think that it's bad. It's really bad. And I don't know if he's lost his confidence. I don't know if that's like just shot and he can't go out there and play fast and play quick and make right decisions and do everything that you wanted to see from your quarterback. So what I saw last night, when they brought in a guy that I was like, who is this dude? Yeah. I didn't even know who they brought in. <laughs> like, you know that's bad.
Yeah, I again, I, I don't think Zach Wilson lost the team last night. I think Zach Wilson lost the team four weeks ago when he took no responsibility and then was eventually benched after the loss to the New England Patriots. That's when I think he lost the team. I think this may have been a last-ditch effort if Mike White was actually healthy. He plays in that game last night. I, I don't know if Zach Wilson's done in New York, but head coach Robert Saleh said they're not giving up on him. Confidence is a big deal. It's confidence for coaching, confidence for players, confidence uh, in your own individual self. But, uh, you know, I do know that he, he works his tail off, and um, and I'm with you. It's, uh, it's a tough thing to try to overcome, but it doesn't take much to flip confidence. He just needs to get on a little run, just a couple of things happened, go his way, and felt like that was happening in the first half of the Detroit game where he came, he had a really nice first half. Uh, guys, were there was a lot of confidence. Finished the half strong it. in a two-minute drive. With a goal. Robert Saleh doesn't believe anything he's saying. All right? Robert Saleh wants Mike White to start. Every report from insiders, Robert Saleh wants Mike White healthy. Robert Saleh wants nothing to do with this punk kid that he, you know, that he's got at quarterback in Zach Wilson. And if you are trying to talk about the highlight for your second overall pick in year two is a two-minute drive against Detroit, with all due respect to the season the Lions are having this year and they're having a good year, a good second half of the year, that says more about the lack of accomplishments for your quarterback than how good he really is. I don't believe Robert Saleh wants Zach Wilson in that locker room. But when you draft a guy second overall, you have to give him every opportunity because you had the second overall pick. Speaking of the second overall pick, now I don't watch a lot of Jets football, all right? I'm not a Jets fan, and frankly, they've been unwatchable for about 20 years, or at least the last 15. By the way, I got into it with a Jets fan unknowingly on Twitter last night. I didn't go. I just put out a tweet. Follow me at Mike Wicket. I put out a tweet, and Jets fan was... Saw that I'm a Packers fan. He's like, you're going to suck with Jordan Love. I'm like, Jordan Love's better than any quarterback you have right now. But Jets, Jaguars, come on. Who's getting excited for this? So back in 2020, the COVID year, remember when they were playing in front of no crowds? The Jets were 0-13 in week 14 or week 15. The Jets were 0-13, and they played the Rams. And everybody knew the 2021 draft was going to be loaded with quarterbacks. You had Trevor Lawrence coming out. Justin Fields was going to be there. You know, we hadn't really placed Mac Jones. We hadn't really placed Zach Wilson. We just knew Lawrence was going to be him, the dude, and everybody else was going to, but there were going to be a lot of quarterbacks taken. The Jets were on the way to the number one pick in the 2021 draft. And they beat the Rams, who were 9-4 and four at that time. And the Rams still had Jared Goff at quarterback. The Rams were on their way to the playoffs. The Rams looked really good. That was Robert Woods when he was real good. Cooper Cup was becoming a thing. And the Jets were 0-13. And they beat the Rams. And you know what that, that meant? They were no longer going to get the number one pick. And you know who's the number one pick? Trevor Lawrence, who beat the Jets last night for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jets did it to themselves. They took themselves out of the running for, I mean, look at the way Trevor Lawrence has played the last eight weeks. He's been a top five quarterback in the National Football League statistically the last five weeks. The Jaguars control their own destiny to win the division, the AFC South, and go to the playoffs. In year two, you look at the first quarterback taken in Trevor Lawrence and where his 
trajectory is going. And you look at the second quarterback taken, the number two pick in the Jets, and, and Zach Wilson and his trajectory. It could have been flipped. Now, I'm not saying Lawrence has the success in New York that he's having here in year two. Because, of course, year one, he had Urban Meyer, and that was a joke. But they could have had a much more talented, smarter, gutsy, better leader, a kid who's mature, and and a guy in Trevor Lawrence who has the immaculate NCAA career. Instead, they took Zach Wilson. Here's some stats on Zach Wilson at BYU. He played Power 5 schools his first two years as a starter. And he went 2-3 and three with five touchdowns, four picks, and threw for 1,200 yards in five games. The following year, his final year at BYU, they didn't play a Power 5 school. They played their soft schedule. BYU goes 11-1. and one. He throws 33 touchdowns, three picks, almost 3,700 yards, completes 74% of his passes, and vaults up the charts. Anybody who watched Trevor, I'm sorry, anybody who watched Zach Wilson play his last year knew he was doing it against inferior competition and knew that he wasn't going to be that successful in the National Football League. He's 6'2", 214 pounds, not the biggest dude. I'm not saying you have to be Jamarcus Russell big. But everybody knew there was a reason. Why wasn't he the captain of his, of his BYU team his last year there? Some people say it's not a big deal. Some people think it's a much bigger deal. He put up huge stats against nobodies. And against good teams, he struggled. This was one of those where I think if you're like me and you're a college football fan, and if you're a draft fan, you watch, you're like, I don't know about Zach Wilson. And then he had the throw. You know what throw I'm talking about if you're a draft junkie. In shorts, on his pro day, indoors, where he snapped, he rolled out, the, the receiver runs an, a, a, a post pattern, basically. And Zach Wilson heaves it 60 yards in the air and hits the guy in stride. It's a very famous throw. That throw made Zach Wilson so much money. Everybody could tell you that Zach Wilson playing football was not going to make it as a top-flight quarterback in the National Football League. But people who look at draft metrics and pro day stuff, they're the ones, and that throw, that vaulted him to the second pick overall. And the Jets took him. And it, I, if I were the Jets, I would move on. I'm not saying Mike White is the guy. I don't know if you can find another quarterback. Uh, people are saying Jimmy Garoppolo could be the guy. But they surrounded him with talent. He's got plenty of talent. They drafted Garrett Wilson, who might be your offensive rookie of the year. They drafted Brees Hall, who's going to be great once he comes back from his ACL injury. They added uh, offensive linemen for Zach Wilson. And regardless of whether or not he can play, he lost the locker room. And that is even probably more important than his inability to score points. I think we saw the end of Zach Wilson last night. I think that's I think that's the end of Zach Wilson last night. At least the end of Zach Wilson in New York. He might become some reclamation project. But it was almost painful. I know some people enjoy watching a guy like that fail. But I think that was it. That may have been it. So that ends the New York sports talk. Or as Chris has pointed out, watching on the Facebook page, that ends the New Jersey sports talk portion because of where they play their games in East Rutherford. And I am a hypocrite. I get it.
But I was watching that game last night. I'm like, God, he just looks so outclassed. Meanwhile, the other side, you got Trevor Lawrence, who just looks like he's ready to jump into that top tier of quarterbacks, or at least that second tier of quarterbacks. Coming up, the Chiefs-aholic story is ridiculous. We're going to get to that guy. Don't mess with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And man, oh man, I can talk about all of these NFL games for forever. I only get until 1 o'clock. So we'll do that next. Follow us on Twitter at ESPNDSM. This is Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN, Des Moines. One a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know. Make my wish come. Everybody. Oh, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. This is Wicket's World. I'm Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Uh, all weekend, we've got, of course, live sports for you. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have Patriots and Bengals. Uh, and then tomorrow night, we will have the Hawaii Bowl. We've had a lot of bowl games here on ESPN Des Moines, and it's really going to ramp up next week. The Hawaii Bowl, San Diego State and Middle Tennessee State. That's tomorrow night on Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas Day, we have the NBA doubleheader. We have the Bucks and the Seas, Giannis versus Tatum. And then after that, it's funny, I heard the promo from ESPN Radio running. Now, normally, when the Warriors are playing, it's Steph Curry and the Warriors taking on John Morant and the Grizzlies. But they transition after Steph got hurt a week ago. Now it's Klay Thompson and the Warriors taking on John Morant and the Grizzlies. We'll have the Christmas Day doubleheader for you here on ESPN Des Moines. Then we got more bowl games next week. Like, it's ridiculous how many games we're going to have next week. Uh, So the NFL is this weekend. The full slate is Saturday. And then there's three games on Sunday. And then we get the Monday nighter. And the full slate of games on Saturday, it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, you just played Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. Here's all I want for Christmas. It's time for some self-reflection for me. Because I have been critical. Is that the way to put it? As a Packers fan, I like to rib the Chicago Bears and rib Bears fans. I think you know that, right? Like, you you understand. And I've maybe once or twice said, oh, Justin Fields sucks. Maybe. Because for the first year and month, Justin Fields did suck. The Chicago Bears quarterback was no good. And then all of a sudden, the offense changed. Now Justin Fields is sitting on 1,000 rushing yards and maybe, you know, the greatest running season in the history of the National Football League by a quarterback. But I'm going to have a little... So I was wrong there. I'm wrong a lot. Mostly that was a that was a heart comment. But I know Justin Fields is probably watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. And hello, Justin. All I want for Christmas is for Justin Fields to have a career day when a bomb cyclone drops in Chicago coming up tomorrow. The temperature at that game at kick is five. The wind chill, I believe, at kick is 16 below. And they're going to play a football game in that. You know what? No. 
No, I'm not going to be horrified. Get on our level. Um, You're not outside for three and a half hours, Kira. <laughs> I, I like cold. And what I need, because in my fantasy guillotine league, which means the low score every single week is eliminated. All right. I'm one of the final three. And my quarterback is Jalen Hurts. And you can't add players. Like, the league I'm in locks the final four weeks, final five weeks, whatever. Jalen Hurts is out. My backup is Justin Fields. I need Justin Fields because I cannot be eliminated. I have a loaded team. My team is the best team. Last week, I lost to Jonathan Taylor and Jalen Hurts within an hour. (laughs) All right? I, Justin Fields, I apologize for saying you suck. And to Bears fan, I apologize. He's, I, I would love it if he would have a career day against the Bills in a miserably cold game. All right? Here's Fields on his 1,000-yard season he's had so far. It means a lot, of course. Uh, you know, I told you guys this earlier in the week. Um, I couldn't be here without God. Couldn't be here without my, you know, teammates and coaches. So, you know, them pushing me every day. Um, my teammates, you know, pushing me every day at practice. And us just pushing each other. And, of course, you know, them blocking for me uh, on the field and, you know, blocking downfield. I, I couldn't be be here without them. So, of course, it's a great honor. But, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's really because of those guys. I uh, I like cold weather games. And I've been to several at Lambeau where the temperature is below 30 degrees and colder and i like cold weather games i enjoy it you dress up warm enough you're fine you drink enough beer you're good you could not give me a free ticket on the 50 for this football game five at kickoff with the wind chill of 16 below and i have to sit there for three hours now it might be a great game i i have no idea and they're talking about a bomb cyclone which if you don't know what a bomb cyclone is it's when the pressure the barometric pressure drops like one milli something millibar or X amount of millibars per hour for 24 straight hours. That's a bomb cyclone. And that's when the pressure drops and the temperature falls at a rapid pace. I learned that this week. I would not want to be at Bills and Bears. You could not pay me to be at that game. And there will be 60,000 people at that stadium. Because it's a little bit of stadium, itty bitty stadium there in Chicago. It's the smallest stadium in the National Football League. So, so what would it take to get me to go to that game? Oh yeah, uh, ten thousand dollars. Ah, come on, somebody, somebody in the NFL has that amount of ten thousand dollars, <laughs> a free ticket, and uh, I would need a, an electric hoodie. Oh, All right, do they make them? Uh, yes, of course they oh, do. Oh my yeah. god! Oh yeah, they make them. I would need that. But the best thing the Bears can do is have Fields play well. And keep losing. That is literally the best thing that can possibly happen. Because right now, the Bears still have a shot at the number one pick. It's incredible to say that. They're 3-11. Of course, Houston has got the inside track. What have they won? Odd game? Yeah, they're 1-12. But still, the Bears have a shot at the number one pick. Or at worst, the number two pick. Meanwhile, the Bills, after that awesome snow game we saw last week... They're sitting in the number one seed in the AFC. Here's how, and here's something very interesting. This storm we have in America right now, I have never seen a storm grip an entire country at the same time. You know, usually it starts in the Rockies, and then it hits us here in the Midwest, and then then the East Coast actually cares about it because it gets to them once it crosses by, like, Ohio, and it gets into Pennsylvania, New York, all that. 
This thing is going to affect 10 different NFL games. Remember, last night's Jets game in East Rutherford, New Jersey, was played in 46-degree weather. It's 46 there last night. It's negative 46 here right now, or it was overnight with the wind chill. Bills, Bears, if you want to go to that game, what's the cheapest ticket to get in? What do you guess, Kira? The cheapest? Yeah, cheapest ticket. It's got to be something like 200 bucks. $15. What? Because the wind chill is 16 below. That's not the cheapest That's ticket. That's worth it. That's not the cheapest ticket. Saints and Browns being played in Cleveland, where the temperature is going to be 11, and the wind chill will be below zero. You can get a ticket right now to Saints and Browns for 3 bucks. If you want in the door of a National Football League game in a game that matters, and the Browns are technically still in the playoff hunt, as are the Saints, two teams fighting for playoff uh, spots in Cleveland. First off, you have to go to Ohio. It's the worst state (laughs) in the union. It's just northern Florida. But it's $3 to get into that game. Come on. Yeah, I'm not kidding you. Mother Nature Mother Nature's going to mess with everybody's fantasy football playoffs. Mother Nature is going to mess with the NFL playoffs. Mother Nature is messing with football all over right now. Like for here's a Vikings Giants being played indoors in Minneapolis. $52 for the cheapest ticket. That's that's about right. You're up no, in the corner. That's not bad. You're buying a single ticket. You're up in the corner. It's Christmas weekend, whatever. For pro football, that's great. 3 bucks to get into a Browns game. And these I, are and these aren't though your you know the Browns that suck for the last thirty years. I three dollars. I'd suffer through terrible weather for that. You can get into the Ravens game in Baltimore, and the Ravens offense is putrid enough. They're playing the Falcons with Desmond Ritter. Four bucks to get into that game. But again, you're going to be outside where the wind chill is below zero for three and a half hours. You could not pay me enough. Meanwhile, the most expensive ticket on uh, the secondary market this weekend. Dolphins Packers in Miami, where it's going to be 75. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it just tells you that this storm is mess. There's no demand to go to these cold weather games by the scalpers, by the secondhand sellers. But these games are going to be so affected. Like Bills Bears, if this was played in October, you were like Bills by 100. Mother Nature is going to make this game very, very close. You know, right now, Buffalo's an eight point favorite on the road. If this game was. You know, being played, I think, in warmer weather, I think that spread is a lot bigger. It's it's just, it's un, un, the weather has going to affect the National Football League this weekend more than you've ever seen it. Like Kansas City, they kick off and the temperature is 11 degrees down in Kansas City. All right. KC, 11 degrees. Wind chill, five below zero when this game kicks off. It's the Chiefs, it's the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, even though they've wrapped up the AFC West once again, says they got some some stuff left to do. The only thing I have to say is just what I told you guys. I mean, it wasn't any different than I told the players is that uh, we have a quarter of the season left in very important games. So we got to take care of our, our business, and that's where our focus has got to be. I mean, that's, an 11, that's a 12 o'clock kickoff at Arrowhead. Chiefs are a 10-point favorite. Geno Smith and company coming in, clinging to playoff life. I mean, they're sitting, I think, in the, in the eighth seed of the top seven get in. Patrick Mahomes, though, knows that Geno Smith can really sling it. Every throw he throws is like a perfect spiral. And, I mean, I know that that gets taken for granted in this league, but, I mean, he throws a perfect spiral on every throw. Um, he's getting those receivers going. They have two great receivers um, with a lot of other guys, too, that have a lot of speed. Um, and so he's able to get those receivers going and move and take the shots from there, but take underneath. 
um, and they, they've had a lot of young guys step up. And so uh, Gino's uh, done a great job of taking advantage of what's there, um, and that's why he's had such a great season. Coach Carroll, every one of his teams is going to play extremely hard, and uh, they're fighting for a playoff spot. So they're going to be a great challenge for us to go out there and try to, to find a way to, to get a win. Now you got the Bills sitting in the one seed with the same record as the Chiefs. Bills won the, the, the tiebreaker there. But I, there are there's going to be a couple of upsets, and there might be a lot of upsets because of Mother Nature, because of the weather factoring into so many of these games. I, I will not be shocked if the Bears beat the Bills. I'll be a little surprised because the talent between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and, and that team versus the Bears should be huge. The gap should be huge. But Mother Nature, 16-degree below zero wind chills, 5-degree temperatures, windy conditions – going to bring everybody closer. And the same thing goes with Kansas City. Now, I think Kansas City, who's a 10-point favorite at home, they probably should handle Seattle. But what happens if that field is absolutely frozen? The ball can bounce, get a little moisture in there. That That's, I mean, I'm t- this weekend's games are going to be nuts because of the weather. Now, the big game coming up tomorrow is supposed to be Dak versus Jalen Hurts. Well, Dallas will send Dak to the field for sure. Meanwhile, Philadelphia, they're sending Gardner Minshew because Jalen Hurts fell on his shoulder, was tackled onto his shoulder, and separated it. I didn't realize that he came in and still threw a deep pass to A.J. Brown, and it did not matter. Here's uh, ESPN's Kimberly Martin. Jalen Hurts is a guy who is going to do everything he can. Nick Sirianni and A.J. Brown said he is a fast healer. A.J. Brown said, you know what, in the game he threw a 68-yard pass to me. I didn't even know that he was hurt. So he's a kid that will try to play. I think this is why you have a cushion if you're the Eagles. This is why you have the lead for moments like this where you don't have to put him out there. Because if they needed these three games, he would make himself play. But you don't necessarily need him this week. You need him for January. But I will say you need to see Jalen Hurts. In my opinion, you got to see him before the playoffs start. Because if he does not play three games, the final three games, and then they get the bye, that is 34 days of no Jalen Hurts on the field in a game. Like, that's the amount of rust that he would have to sort of knock off. And I would at least want to see him before the playoffs start. But this week against the Cowboys, I don't think there's a need to. Yeah, they're they've got, they're going to go with uh, Gardner Minshew in this one. Probably ends, and I'm not saying it should, but it probably will end Jalen Hurts' bid for the MVP, especially if Mahomes has another big game. He leads the league in passing yards. He leads the league in passing touchdowns. Also leads the league in interceptions, by the way. Uh, but I think... If Hurts can't go and has to miss a game and will miss a game, if he has to miss a second game, I believe that just widens the gap for Mahomes to win the MVP. Maybe Burrow can sneak in there, whatever. Uh, But I think right now it's Mahomes' MVP to lose. But the matchup between Dak and Gardner Minshew, I don't know if that's the one I'm paying the most attention to. It's Dak versus that front for Philadelphia. Uh, The secondary for Dallas is, has been banged up. I mean, they're bottom five uh, defending the pass in the last couple of weeks because they keep getting hurt. And I don't know if um, oh, the, the stud corner, whose name escapes me right now, he uh, he's he's hurt. He may not play in this one. So you have to keep an eye on that. Gardner Minshew is more than capable of leading an offense that has got weapons all over. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and uh, Miles Sanders and Goddard's back. They're stud tight end. I wouldn't be surprised if if they don't skip a beat. 
and go down there and beat the Dallas Cowboys in Big D. No weather affecting that game, of course. It's at Jerry World. We're going to hear from Dak. We're going to hear from Kirk Cousins. And, yes, I will get to the Green Bay Packers and the delusion Packers fans, including myself, are living with right now as they go down to Miami on Christmas Day. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. Merry Christmas. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. Talking football, football, and more football. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow, we will have the uh, the Bengals and the Patriots from Foxborough. You'll be able to uh, listen to that one when you're driving around doing your last minute Christmas shopping. Sunday, we'll have the NBA doubleheader. We'll have the Bucks and the Celtics, followed by the uh, Warriors and the Grizz. It's probably an Eastern Conference Finals preview. I, I wouldn't bet a paycheck on it, but it's a pretty safe bet that Milwaukee and Boston are going to be there in the finals of the East once again. Uh, so be be on the lookout for that. If you're on the move on Christmas, maybe just want to listen to some basketball, we're going to have it for you. I'll get to the Cowboys here in a second. I saw this. This is an interesting little thing. So, you know, I've talked about draft picks in the past and how you know, people think, shut them down. The team has nothing to play for. Let's play for the draft pick. And I said last time I was on the air, the players don't care about your draft pick. The players don't care about draft position in the spring. The players care about winning games. Coaches care about winning games. You know why? Because you only get 17 opportunities to be on the field as a unit. And you, if you're out of it, let's say you're not having a great year, you're using the remainder of those games to evaluate the talent on the field for next year. Think about this when you're talking about they need to uh, tank and get a better pick. There's no right answer to this. In the AFC, if the playoffs started right now, every quarterback for the AFC playoff teams was a first-round pick. The one seed, the Bills, Josh Allen, first-round pick. Patrick Mahomes, first-round pick. Joe Burrow, first overall pick. Ryan Tannehill, first-round pick. Lamar Jackson, first-round pick. Justin Herbert, first-round pick. Tua, first-round pick. And then the first guy out, Trevor Lawrence, first-round pick. That's in the AFC. But it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you have first-round picks at your quarterback spot, you're in the playoffs. Over in the NFC, if the playoffs started today, here are the quarterbacks and their draft position in the NFC. Remember, everybody in the AFC was a first-round pick. In the NFC, Jalen Hurts, second-round pick. Kirk Cousins, fourth-round pick. Brock Purdy, last pick in the draft. Tom Brady, I don't know if you've heard this, but he was 199th overall and a sixth-round pick. Dak Prescott, fourth-round pick. All right, Daniel Jones was a first-round pick. Although he probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> and then there's Taylor Heineke, who was undrafted. So six of the seven were not first-round picks. I mean, it, it just it, there are different ways to skin a cat. There are different ways to build and get quarterback success out of the NFL draft. 
Now, what one thing this tells me is, man, the AFC is going to be really, really good because of the quarterback play up and down the conference for the next decade. Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Jackson, Herbert, Tua, and Trevor Lawrence. I skipped Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> All right. I don't think he's going to have much of a say how the NFL or the AFC goes in the next 10 years. Boy, oh boy. Just an interesting stat I picked up this week and I wanted to pass along. I've been sitting on that one for a couple of days. So uh, I was talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, who I think have a good chance, with even with Gardner Minshew, to go down and beat the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, they're locked into the NFC playoffs. But right now, I think where are they sitting at? Fourth? Are they the fourth seed? Is that what I got right now? Fifth seed? Fifth seed. They could be the seven if they lose. And Dak Prescott says he can't give in to all the pressure. When you're in a, a rut, I guess you can, call, you can call this, as I've talked about, whether one way or another the other team's getting their hands on the balls, I can't allow that to, to change the way that I'm playing this game. I'm not going to allow that to, to, to change my confidence in myself or my confidence in the guys that I'm throwing it to or the way that I approach this game. So they'll play the late game coming up on Saturday, the second game. That's going to be, well, it used to be the Joe Buck game, but not anymore. I mean, there are so many games this weekend that have playoff implications, including you know, I mentioned Minnesota playing in a warm weather climate. They're playing in their own stadium, in the Dome. They're playing at uh, TCF Bank Stadium, U.S. Bank Stadium, sorry. I think the Gophers play at the other one. And they're playing the Giants. Does anybody believe in either team? Like, if you had to pick, it's probably the Vikings who are 11-3 and three, as opposed to the 8-5 and five Giants, 8-5-1 and one Giants. But I don't believe in the Minnesota Vikings, and I know we have a lot of people in this area, and maybe you're one of them, that love the Minnesota Vikings, that do the skull thing, and then before games, they do the the clap or whatever, and you wear your purple proud. They're actually wearing all white, which I think will look really cool tomorrow. But does it, do you actually believe the Vikings are good, are real good, like NFC championship level good? They have nice pieces, but they needed the greatest comeback in the history of the National Football League to beat a washed Matt Ryan, a team that had no Jonathan Taylor after the first series, and a team that was coached by a guy who came out of the TV booth who might be the first interim head coach ever to get fired, and they did it at home. You should not, if you are a contender, if you are a Super Bowl contender, you should never be down 33 nothing at home. Yes, it was a monumental comeback. And it was down 33 with eight and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. God, what a choke job by the, by the Indianapolis Colts. The story of the game was more about the Colts than it was about the Minnesota Vikings. And I don't know a lot of people that are like, I'm going to bet on the Minnesota Vikings to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're going to win a playoff game. They're the second seed right now. It would take, a, I think, Philly would have to lose out. Minnesota would have to win out for the Vikings to get the number one seed. I don't see those two things happening at the same time. Maybe, who knows, I'm wrong a lot. But I cannot see Minnesota truly representing the NFC in the Super Bowl this year. I mean, primetime Kirk is going to have to play in some big games and play well. And... He hasn't. <laughs> I mean, he's played great when the when the lights are on. Someone made a joke he's solar-powered. You turn those lights off, primetime Kirk rearing his ugly head. But he says he's got to keep pushing forward. 
I think it's so important, you know, when you lose to not get too down. I think when you win to not get too up and to just stay neutral and to keep going. And so it's very important that uh, we as a team get right back to work and focus on the Giants and move forward. I think the temptation can be to be stuck on Saturday, and it'll be important for us as a team to to push forward. As a guy who is a Justin Jefferson fantasy football manager, I would like you to throw to him another 22 times as you have in the last two weeks. That would be great. Meanwhile, for the Giants, by the way, it, for, for some reason, and, and this is one of those things that I'm not a coach, I question a lot of times when you take the ball out of your best player's hands. The Vikings force-feed the ball to Justin Jefferson, and they should, all right? When, when the Packers had Devontae Adams, they force-fed Devontae Adams, and they should. The Giants don't force-feed Saquon Barkley, who is their best player. I don't know why. Maybe it's to keep him fresh. Maybe his injury history. Maybe his recent neck thing is keeping the ball out of his. He only gets like 16, 17 touches in a, in, or I'm sorry, carries in games. Now, he catches the ball out of the backfield very well. But if I'm that, that's a 25-touch guy every single game. Maybe a 22-carry guy every single game. And you would like to see him do it against uh, Minnesota coming up this weekend. And, of course, the game that I care the most about. We have a lot of Packers fans listening to us here in the Des Moines area. Packers at Dolphins. I'm going to talk to Packer fan right now, all right? I know you're playing the what-if game. I know you're thinking about, well, if they can go down to Miami and win, there is nothing that is going to make me believe that Green Bay can win at Miami. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. All the confidence the Packers fan has right now, and I'm loving it. They've won two straight. It comes off of wins over the Bears and the Rams, led by Baker Mayfield. The Bears are fighting for the number one pick. The Rams are done, all right? Aaron Donald didn't play in that game. Matt Stafford didn't play in that game. Cooper Cup didn't play in that game. And you can only play against the teams that are on your schedule, yada, 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 yada. The Dolphins at home are a different beast than playing the Bears. The Dolphins at home are a much different beast against Baker Mayfield, throwing to Ben Skoranek or whatever his name is. All right? 